cold open. Freezing cold. We're back. Back at it. By the Heart Podcast. It's been a freezing cold take. Wait, freezing cold open. It's been a hot month. Pretty hot month. Since we were here, at least. It's July 1st, though, so today's Oof. the first day of the month. Ooh. That's when all the grass turns brown. The grass turns brown in July? Yeah, because it's just hot. Crusty greens. Uh, beautiful fairways, though. Yeah, that's true. This is Ball the, will roll. This is the time to hit bombs. Yep, off the tee box. We're talking about golf if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, we hope everyone's having a great summer. Um, especially after we were quarantined there for a while. My encouragement is get out with your people. Seek out Christian community. Seek out people that will challenge you and love you. Uh, people who won't let you just um, live in the same way that you've always lived. But that people will ask good questions. That's what summer's all about. Get around a campfire and leave that campfire feeling like, ooh, that was deep. Or just that was fun. Nah, none of that. Okay. You can't have both? Now go to Sean's fire if you want that. <laughs> no, we do it. We do it all. We do it all around here. We're we are happy to get back with you guys. We've taken a little hiatus mainly because we finally are allowed to go outside, and we kind of both have a rule that we don't watch as many movies in the summer. Yeah. Um. But we'll we'll be bringing some some hot takes on some nice Christopher Nolan movies here soon. Mm. But before that, we are gonna have a two parter on. American Gospel. Um, American Gospel, Christ Alone, Christ Crucified. This is a film that is currently on Netflix, and it deals with the American cultural Christianity that has kind of run rampant in, well, our area, but the whole United States. It, It mainly deals with the prosperity gospel and the word of faith movement that destroys real transformation. Um, summarize the movie, bad theology hurts people, Christ-centered theology liberates people. And Sean and I both watched it um, with our significant others. Mm-hmm. And I was crying a little bit. I cried a little bit. My wife was crying a little bit. I don't know if uh, anyone else out there has seen it and cried a little bit. But it is it is an emotional uh, tearjerker because of... Um, just the depth of Christ's love for us, but also the pain of watching um, destructive um, preaching that just kills the soul. So we recommend it. We recommend that you watch it. Go to Netflix. Watch American Gospel. You have to search it. Um, part two, we're going to actually break down the nuances of the film. But for this for this first part, we're going to just talk about our own experiences in the subject a little bit. So, uh, Sean, talk to us a little bit about um, your Christian walk, uh, where you started, how you've gotten to where you are now, and where this film resonated with with your heart a little bit. Yeah. um, The film was really good, really captivating, and as you mentioned, it's tough to watch. Um, It's revealing, but it's tough to watch in a good way. I think it points out some things, some... Um, hard subjects that are absolutely necessary, necessary evils. I think you could say it's what it's what every high school sports coach said when they made you run 
sprints <laughs> and miles and whatnot. It's necessary evil. But no, it's kind of a necessary evil where you have to watch it to kind of understand what's going on. But f- from my perspective, I think just growing up as a, you know, a millennial in in our Wayne County, our, our suburban area, we uh, we see this in the church more than I think we realize. It's not out there. It's not right up front. I think it's one of the things you have to dive into because I didn't grow up in the church. And so you, I didn't really know much about Jesus. I didn't know about um, much of his miracles and healing. I've heard about him walking on water and you hear some of those things you kind of can't avoid even if you don't grow up in the church. Um, so after I came to know Christ going into my senior year of high school and learned about some of the ways of Christ, it was hard for me to learn to discern the different preaching styles. They had a couple guys up there, uh, some of the preachers that they that they um, they highlighted, Benny Hinn, uh, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, some of the popular ones. But I think some of the ones that are even on like the cusp of, is that a false preacher or is that a preacher who hinges on emotionalism? Like Furtick, I remember that as a college student listening to Furtick's podcasts and being just captivated by them because he's an incredible preacher. Yeah, for sure. He's got this gift to talk, but he hinges on so many things that give you the power to do things when it's not Christ's power alone. So from my perspective as a young, immature Christian in college who had gotten saved a couple years prior, I loved it until I recognized that it was contrary to what the gospel actually says and what Jesus actually comes to do and how ordinary life looks and how that's amazing, how great Jesus is right where we are. Yeah, I think the massive danger in probably both of our experience is that we we kind of grew up in a culture that taught us that um, accept Jesus right now. Raise your hand, say the sinner's prayer, raise your hand. You have found God and everything is going to be good. And that, that gives all the responsibility to us. And that's where prosperity gospel and word of faith movement comes and really hinders on um, or hinders the real Christian walk with Christ because the prosperity gospel is, well, if I have enough faith, then I'm going to have all the desires of my heart. Or if I can um, trust enough or if I can uh, just faith it into existence, then everything that I want uh, will come come to fruition. The massive problem with that is when your desires of your heart or what you think are the desires of your heart don't come to fruition, you start to ask yourself, well, who is the liar? Is it me or is it God? And it's such a confusing uh, way to live. Um, it really is just a hurtful um it's a hurtful Christianity to experience. I know that I I grew up definitely young in the church, in the prosperity, probably more of a word of faith movement, um, name it and claim it, um, really over-spiritualizing my experience with um, everyday things. And it hurt. It, it hurt me. It hurt my family for a long time. Um, really just it's such a confusing uh, Christianity, where Jesus offers a Christianity, a real Christianity that that liberates us from our own self righteousness, our own inabilities um, to live up. Where the Word of Faith movement and the Prosperity Gospel kind of says, "Well, you do have the ability to live up. You do have um, righteousness within you that you can make your way to God." And that's a really dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. 
I remember when we were in college, um, I was at one of my friend's house who I played intramurals with, and he said, do you think that we can live up to God's perfection? And and uh, he was kind of in the word of faith movement. And I said, well, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if God asks us to be perfect, do you think we can be perfect? And he was basically saying, you can be perfect. If you just put everything in the right place, you yourself can be perfect. And the issue is that we're not perfect. So we have to basically change ourselves to be that way. And I remember thinking, that's, I'm not I remember leaving going, I'm not sure if that's Christianity. I don't know what he was. Was he, he on something? I don't think he was on something, <laughs> but he was saying, like, he, he went up to, the, like, the door frame. He was like, if this is perfection, do you think we can reach it? And he would hit it. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't think so. But Word of Faith, Prosperity Gospel would say that you can get there by yourself. That's literally contrary. That's why Jesus came is because we can't be perfect, because we're born into sin. Exactly. I think it would have been really important for him to walk through Romans. <laughs> well, I wonder, really, I wonder where the church has gone uh, just as a whole. I mean, I think before, maybe the disclaimer is to say the uh, the works of few aren't always the works of all. Mm-hmm. And you only really hear about famous pastors or pastors who have fallen or churches that have fallen or churches that have thousands of people. But the reality is there are so many churches that are fighting for gospel like transformation yeah there are i think one of the hard parts i think i've recognized this recently as uh, i mean i think i'm 11 or 12 years as christian now and really starting to take faith seriously in college and starting to learn more about it the hard part i think what we don't see is um where where the where a large following is often is not necessarily where all of the good teachers and preachers are and so we get lumped in with some of these people and we start listening to their podcasts or their short clips you see on Facebook or Instagram and they're great and they're they're encouraging but it's not necessarily gospel rooted but we don't know that and then we buy stock into those things and it's like maybe that was never actually something that lines up lined up biblically and then you have resources where you can start to discern you have people who are discerning these scriptures for years and they're asking the hard questions like do what did Jesus mean by that Mm-hmm. How can we believe Paul is credible? How can we believe that these things are um, can be worked through? And how can we decide if this is a black and white subject or this is a gray matter subject? Yeah. Like the, where can we get the nuance? And so you have people out there. I mean, my favorite resource personally is TGC, the Gospel Coalition. Um, we talked about it the other night around the fire, Desiring God, Piper, and um, their church. I don't know what Piper's church is called. Bethlehem Baptist. Bethlehem Baptist. They have great resources with people who are diving in and working through the hard things of life. So I think that's kind of tough is we kind of just follow what we see. And what we see often is is some of the misguided biblical teaching via social media or via the people, a, a large following. Yeah, like hype up instagram posts yes 45 seconds that make you feel good yeah i mean i get it it does feel good like stomping the foot preaching microphone straight there just going at it here's this message for you you can do it yeah i don't need that and then you get well and the thing is like the uh, massive majority get that and they're like oh yeah i can you're right Mm -hmm. like i need to stop i can do all things through christ yeah Mm. Let's work through that, please. Please, let's work through that. Yeah, I mean, clearly Paul was talking about being contented in anything. 
But we take that to say, well, I can work through my own mess um, by myself. And I, I think of uh, a preacher who is in the definitely in the prosperity side of things, who had it had a, there was a clip on Facebook that had like a million views, and he was talking about salvation, and he he used to. Um, to volunteers and he said if Christ takes one step towards you you have to take one step towards him and if Christ takes another step towards you you have to take another step towards him and he was saying look as you move towards Christ Christ moves towards you and he wasn't talking about sanctification he wasn't talking about being a Christian already he was saying if you're not a Christian this is how you find the Lord you work towards Christ and that is antithetical to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But when it's yelled at you and it's, you know, there's music in the background. Yeah, and there's people in the background clapping and amening. It feels really good. That's how you get stuck in a theology or a doctrine that ends up not liberating you. It, it gives you the responsibility for the things that you were never supposed to be responsible for. The pressure is taken off when you realize I can't get to Christ by myself. It's a work of the Lord to bring me there. And he not only brings me to salvation by faith in him alone, but he also brings me to growth and sanctification by grace and faith alone. Um, We think that, I I mean, the danger comes when you start to say that your works, you know, that's legalism, that works brings you to Christ. But it's also in the prosperity gospel and the word of faith. It's a different type of works. It's not, you know wearing a suit and tie or reading the King James Version Bible, it's uh, having enough faith. That's still works-based righteousness. I don't think I realized how much works is in that until I watched this movie. And they lay out, they do such a good job of laying out and blueprinting and using illustrations in the movie, especially in the first half of it, where it, it makes you recognize, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I was trying to do this on my own by having enough faith yeah. and taking things out of context in scripture and I didn't realize that until I watched this. It was eye-opening, and in, in to, to say the least. They do a great job in this movie um, to show the importance of knowing what the Scripture has to say on subjects. Um, taking the Bible out of context is, once again, another way uh, to really just walk into hurt, into pain. Um I know someone, I, I'm just, I'm being really cautious on names here, but I know know someone who said, well, Proverbs says that if I train up my ch- child on the way to go, then they will return. And um, I said back to them, well, that assumes that you trained up your child in the way to go. Uh, when your child doesn't return, you have to reconcile the fact if you are being lied to by God, or if you are putting your faith in your own trust and your own ability to do the right thing. Okay, so make that make that a math equation for us real quick. I need simplify that even more. Simplify it down. So so what you're saying is if you train up your child to go the right way and you think that you have trained your child up, but then your child doesn't return, that either means either you are lying or God is lying. Exactly. Whew. And that's the problem when you take scripture out of context. You take something that uh, is meant for wisdom, that's in Proverbs, that that exact passage is in Proverbs, which is wisdom. You take it as wisdom, and then you say, well, this has to happen because I did what I was supposed to do. Well, the reality is that we're sinners, and we almost never do what we're supposed to do. Therefore, we have to trust on the sovereignty and grace of God 
for our children and for our own souls and for our own sake. It's a, yeah, it's a really, the math equation is if you're taking some sort of not um, fundamental, like this will happen command from God, and you're saying this is going to happen because the Bible says so, and you don't do context, someone's going to be a liar when it doesn't work. You or God. Yeah. And that's the big danger with prosperity gospel word of faith movement is all your desires are going to come true. You're going to have health, wealth, and happiness. And then 99% of the people in that movement don't have health, wealth, or happiness. Mm -hmm. So either they've been lied to, they're not doing enough, or God's a liar. Mm -hmm. And all three of those things are bad places to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's sad. It's scary. It's sad and it's scary. And if you have not seen or if you've not really taken the time to listen to something from one of these preachers, when you watch this movie, you will be shocked to believe that what we just said there is what people are preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we endorse American gospel heav- heaven- heavily and heavenly. Yeah. It was heavenly, I think. It's heavenly <laughs> and we endorse it heavily. Our goal here on the podcast is to show people through pieces of art like film that Christ is good enough and we aren't and um we're not going to we're not going to pull punches when it comes to legalism when it comes to prosperity gospel when it comes to word of faith movement um we're hopeful that you will do your own research you won't take our words as truth but you'll say okay maybe what they're saying is has some semblance of truth to it, so I need to go search for myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's some of the best advice we ever got. I remember sitting down and getting it with you and getting it individually. I'm sure you have as well. And from t- from people who I would look back and say, man, you know what? That person was not the best teacher I ever had. Good person, not a great teacher. But they always said, don't take my word for it. Go sit down. It is so important for you to take this and digest it and pray and meditate over this word. Yeah. You have to do this. This is not, don't just take my word for it. So I would suggest that to all that are out there that are listening. Take this stuff, really dive into it, research it, study it, get a good commentary. Or, and if you're looking, if you don't know what that means, we can let you know what a commentary is. It's, it's opened up our hearts and eyes in a lot of ways. Last question here. Um, Sean, what could you say was a defining moment, whether that's in scripture or in experience? That led you to saying, okay, I need to relinquish my own control and I need to give it and surrender it to God. I remember being down in South Carolina at, I think, North Greenville University, something like that. Going down with our guy, Garrett Price, who was on our podcast with... Uh, quiet Place. The quiet, A Quiet Place. My favorite way to say that is always say the title wrong. Anyway, Garrett, I'm down with Garrett. I'm doing my internship with him and Garrett, Denise, and I, his wife and I are one of the leaders for this trip. And uh, I remember the guy who gave, I don't have no idea who he was. I don't remember his name. I just, and I don't remember anything else he said, but I remember at 21 ish or 20, however old I was struggling with porn. And I couldn't like, just couldn't stop. And no matter how much I tried to have faith, I tried to repent. I tried to white knuckle it all the time. And the guy was like, just stop, just rest in who Christ is. Mm. Stop like only meditating on the fact that you are, struggling with whatever sin it might be and specifically he was talking about porn which is a huge issue for a lot of people yeah and from that moment on i was it wasn't like i was never i wasn't perfect after that but that was when i was like i need to stop and just rest in who christ is and um 
you know, it takes time to really fully comprehend that. I think a really good, my favorite book on resting would be Sit, Walk, Stand by Watchman Nee, which is like a 60-page book, 65. Highly recommend. It's like seven bucks on Amazon if you haven't had it. I would um, highly encourage you, you pick that one up on learning what it really means to rest in Christ. That was a moment for me. I didn't realize at the time, but now that I look back at it, that was it. That's huge. That That's the uh, the goal is, I think the goal from Christ for us is to come to our wits end to say, mm-hmm. I can't have enough faith right now. Um, and that's what we're fighting. We're fighting against that brand of Christianity that says, if you can have enough faith, then everything's going to be okay. Uh, eventually, what happens is you run out of steam because you've been working on your own strength. Um, what happens, uh, the liberating, freeing, saturating, um, soul-satisfying Christ, and those are a lot of buzzwords uh, that you experience, that, that really comes uh, to a place of liberation when you realize it's about resting in Him, trusting that He produces a good work, and I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, we are going to get into the nuances of American Gospel in part two. Uh, We just wanted to recommend that you guys go watch it um, and that maybe you guys could listen to kind of our experience and say, that kind of sounds like what I've been going through right now. Sean, anything else? Yeah. I don't know, this, some of that, some of our conversation here, just because this is cold, open, we're just doing this off the cuff. Yeah. Not a lot of prep, just talking about the movie we just watched recently. I think of how many experiences I have from teenage years and early in college of, of going to camps where they're just saying, you can do this, stop, have enough faith, and you'll stop sinning, and, all, and everything that goes along with those messages. We've all been there, and just the emotionalism that you see, and... Um, and not all of it's bad. There's good that that's been done there. There's definitely God's work is definitely happening. But I didn't. I'm starting to recognize and, and come to grips with the fact that man, so much of my over emotionalism has probably been rooted in the fact that a lot of these camps and events and I don't know, uh, just different church events we went to hinged on emotionalism, and it's hurt, and it still is in my subconscious and I'm just right now sitting here realizing it Hmm. yeah that's really good and I I think I know Sean wouldn't say that having emotion for Christ isn't bad it's when emotion is the motivation Mm -hmm. and that once again that is played up in the word of faith in prosperity gospel you I'm sure every person who's listened to this has gotten ad or has seen on someone's story an Instagram or Facebook of a preacher that is screaming at you in hype with music in the background with amens. And we're so we're so slow to ask, is this biblical? Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. Cold close. See ya. See you later.